It's Lamar Gibbs. Welcome to the Thoughts of Redemption podcast, where we celebrate the process of thought and God's hand in it. What's going on, everybody? This is the Thoughts of Redemption podcast. Welcome to a brand new episode. And, you know, it's crazy that I find for some reason, even though I'm not technically planning on my episodes, sometimes I have things in mind, but I'm not even planning on my episodes. And I'm starting to get episodes to the point where I don't even get some of these episodes until I'm going to record them in a few minutes. I could be riding on the train today as I'm recording this today. Today is Thursday, uh, the September 20th, and I'm literally recording this podcast the day that I got the topic idea. I was literally on the train riding home and I got this idea to do this podcast. And, And what's happening is also that I'm experiencing life and things just come to mind that I remember and and it bears in my heart to talk about and so I know that in my own life and I'm pretty sure that if any believer that's listening to this has had this experience where you're talking to somebody that's an unbeliever talking to somebody that may be a different religion or talking to just somebody that doesn't care about God or challenges you in your face about God and his existence and 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 wants wants you to prove to them that God is real and that God exists so that they can believe. And I know how easy that can be to want to get to certain irrefutable proofs that, that you have, like evidences of, of experiences that you had in your life where the power of God really did shine in your life and he moved in ways that would have never happened without the power of God coming into your life. But then you soon figure out that those things won't really encourage them to change their life unless they've already been on that path already and have had their own experiences and things of that nature but you soon start to figure out that you'll hear muslims you'll hear jews or you'll hear anybody that has converted even people that have been in church and then they start converting to different religions and saying man i i experienced one way in the church and then i i just got this revelation and i just was i was free I was free from whatever I was feeling, the guilt I was feeling and things of that nature. And I, I felt free. And so how, how do you engage with that when you have so many different people relaying so many different experiences that they've had with God and all of the conceptions of God are, are totally different and contradictory to one another. The God of Islam is not the God of Christianity. The God of, of, of Christianity is not the God of, 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 of not Buddhism, because Buddhism doesn't have any gods, but the gods of hinduism and a lot of times you can get really caught up because there's so many options out there and you're wondering you end up wondering what is the proof of god's existence how do you prove god well i i, I me i will encourage you anybody listening uh, that you can't really prove god and i know that may sound discouraging but it's actually really helpful when it comes to talking about god to people because Usually when we think about proving God, we kind of think of, uh, we imagine that people can just look at the evidence and kind of weigh the balances and and the the pros and the cons and and then just come out and and, and see for themselves that this God is is here and he's proven himself and he's proven himself scientifically, he's proven himself and, and they can, okay, now I got enough evidence that I can believe. But as soon as you read Romans chapter one, you start to see that reason and fall far short because the Bible never assumes 
that any of us are neutral players when it comes to believing or unbelieving when it comes to believing God or not believing in God. Let me say it that way. There are no neutral parties. Jesus himself said, either you're with me or, or you're against me. There was no neutrality when it came to where you stood with God. It was no, it's, it's, there's no way that anybody can come before God and say, oh, I didn't have enough evidence and so I couldn't really believe in you. Romans chapter one says that we suppress the truth about God that we already know intrinsically in our unrighteousness. So it already takes the position that anybody that has not put their trust and faith in God has suppressed the truth that has, that has been known, been made known already in unrighteousness. And somebody may say, well, if that's the case, then why isn't everybody Christian? Why, why is there so many different conceptions about God and things of that nature? Well, I would say that the proof of God is intrinsically in man. When I say that, not the proof, I would say the knowledge of God. Us knowing about God is intrinsic in us. It's just that we all don't get to know him personally in pursuing him and having faith and being able to, to trust in the revelation, the self-disclosure that he gave through the, the Bible, the written word of God. By the spirit of God, That's the spirit of God is the one that was able to give us that written word. And he's given us a way to know him personally in these revelations. But without those revelations, we still intrinsically know that he exists. And I understand that in this fallen world, in this world where there's so many religious options out there, in this world where there's so much confusion, in this world where there's so much deception out there, in this world where there's so much greed because of religion, there's so much, there's a lust for power, there's a desire to manipulate other people because gullibility exists in a lot of religious circles. There's a vulnerability that is present when you are submitting yourself to any ideology, especially, especially a spiritual one where there's a lot of manipulation that can take place and it seems that there's just no way that we can really know the true God and who he is. But God is personal and because God is not an it or a thing, he's not just a power that is just zapping things out, zapping things in. He has a will, he has a mind, he has emotions, he has plans. He has intentions, he has purposes. And that dynamic really increases the nuance we have in defending the faith. Having an apologia, as Paul would say, or Peter rather would say in uh, 1 Peter uh, 3.15. I hope I got that right. I hope I got that right. Um, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody that knows where it talks about having, having a reason for the hope that is within you basically an apology apology is the greek word for the reason of the reason having that reason is apologia so making that defense for for the faith i know i'm being long-winded but i'm just trying to flesh these thoughts out i literally like i said I had this topic that came to mind so yeah getting this in real time but this dynamic really increases how we defend the faith because uh, god being personal means that 
as much as science is very helpful in getting to understand the universe that God created, getting to understand the universe, how it ticks, and, and it informs us a lot more, and, and it helps us appreciate, science is not able to prove whether a relationship is true or not. Any relationship that we hold in our life, the relationship with our mother, our father, our brothers, our sisters, our nieces, our nephews, our cousins, grandpa, grandpa grandma, friends, romantic interests, partners, you know, husbands and wives. None of the relationships that you engage with for years, none of those relationships will ever prove by a scientific experiment. There's no scientific experiment that will ever prove that a marriage that you're entering into is gonna be something. There's no scientific experiment that's gonna prove that what you see before you when you're on your wedding day is what you're gonna see 10 years later. Because marriage, any relationship that you hold in your life is built on a foundation of trust. That you trust that the person that you're engaging in a relationship with in whatever level of intimacy that you're engaging in this relationship you're trusting that the person is going to be a person of integrity, a person of honor, a person of consistency, a person of maturity, a person that when you expose yourself to them, you can entrust your heart to them. You can entrust your vulnerability to them, knowing that they're not going to manipulatively use it, trash it, take things into a a crazy place. This is why adultery is so heinous because it breaks that trust. This is why gossip is so heinous to God because it is an assassin. It is, is, is a character assassination it, it, or it is, it is not even a character assassination. It is literally you, you, you're literally kind of murdering with your mouth in a way because you're spreading things and you're exposing things that shouldn't be exposed to other people. It should literally be between you and that person. And so when it comes to relationships with human beings that we can see in front of us, there's no scientific experiment that's gonna ever prove that they're gonna be faithful as they're supposed to be. You have to trust that and you have to engage that person with that faith that you have in that person. Y'all know, know the term that people use. Oh man, I got my faith restored in humanity. Oh, I've lost all faith in humanity. Yeah, I know that's the saying, but it has some, there's truth to that. There's truth to that, but on a more well, local scale, not on a global scale, because honestly, the Bible says to not put your trust in man. But in a local scale, you have to do that. You have to put your trust in, in a certain way. And so because there's no relationship that's proved by scientific experiment, and we know that love is not something that can be scientifically proven, and God is love by nature, then ultimately there's no scientific experiment that we can put forward that would definitively say to us, this scientific experiment has proven that God, God exists. And so when atheists or anybody that comes with you and says, I need scientific proof to know that God is real, their, their desires, although sincere, end up being misplaced because you can't really prove a relationship 
or you can't really prove that somebody is who they say they are by scientific proof. Now, there are evidences that we have archaeologically, historically, that can embolden and, and move you into that direction where you give your trust to God and that he's able to reveal himself. But there's ultimately no experiment that can bring you to the place where you can examine it yourself and, and be like, okay, I got enough evidence now. Because even when you put your trust in God, you're still having to go to different levels in your life and trusting in him and him exposing himself to you, literally revealing himself in the secrets that he has to his people. There's a verse in the Bible that says he reveals his secrets to the prophets. There's a verse that even says in the book of Deuteronomy that the secret things belong to the Lord. So even when God reveals himself, there are things that he has not revealed to all of us yet that we have yet to know. There are things about God that are incomprehensible and that makes sense because God is infinite. God would have to be infinite. He can't be finite like us. He, there's no end. There can't be any end or beginning to God like there is in, in Hindu or other religions out there where God has a beginning and an, exp and, and an expiration date. God can be killed or God can die and not you know, come back. There's, there's some, some religions like that. So when you have a God in that way, yes, there, there is a place for evidence. There's a place for seeing his handiwork and and being able to see consistency, see patterns and things of that nature. But there's no scientific experiment that can conclusively prove that this God exists. And, you know, this ain't to say that there isn't things to look for, to see who God is, to know the contrast between the true God and other gods that are uh, posited. And, but, he, the thing is, saying that there's no proof of God in my, in my end, this is not a dismissal of, the, of a valid desire that we have to know who God is. So while I'm saying that atheists can't say that there's no proof of God and that we can actually speak to that and say and highlight the fact that it's not that there's no proof to God, there's, there is proof of God, but the way that we have our motives and, and things of that nature. Um, it shows that we actually don't want God. It's kind of like a robber looking for the police. Police, They're not gonna really look for him. And so, as I say that, it's not a dismissal of, of the, that desire to like know, to know who God is. And so like if an atheist asks about things, you don't have to dismiss them and say, oh, no, nah, we got proof of God. You already know he exists. Stop lying. Yes, there's an aspect of truth that you have to really, um, I'm going to say it. There's, there's an aspect where uh, atheists desire to know about God, to know whether he exists or not, has to be addressed in, in a way. Like, you, like if you're a Christian and you have received God's revelation about, you know, in his word and things of that nature, you should be prepared, as the word says, to give an answer for why you have this hope that you have in him. Because the, the Bible says that in Acts 17, uh, verse 27, that we grope for him, though he is near, not, he's not far from us. So God understands that we are groping for him and he understands that we have we are in a level of understanding that might not be in a place where um, we can understand those cues. And so 
he, he puts things in a way where we, we can get to know, uh, we can get to display and show who God is. We can get to, to, to explain to people um, how God moves, how God shows himself, displays himself. There are ways that God um, displays his character and, and his power through miracles and and displays his, even with the resurrection, it, it says in the, in the book of Luke that he presented himself with many infallible proofs. And so while I said that there's no way to prove God, there are proofs out there of, of like things that he did or, or you know, there, there is evidence in things of that nature and it has its, its place. But the, the, my point is that um, you can't, you can't just say that um, you're going to have this definitive experiment that everybody's going to believe if you had this or if God appeared right before you right now that everybody's going to accept that that's, that that's who God is because there's a heart of unbelief within each and every one of us. Uh, there's a propensity rather, I should say, to even rebel against God um, within us and We have to take that into account when it comes to trying to figure out how to explain the existence of, of God, the true God, specifically the God of Scripture. We have to take into account human nature. We cannot discount that we all have motives, whether they are known by us and we're engaging in like as if we don't know or we literally haven't had it exposed. And we're operating in that way. And so I hope this doesn't sound too jumbled up. I'm really expressing my thoughts out here. And I'm also in my car and I'm getting distracted by a lot of stuff happening. So I, I just hope and pray that it's, it's still uh, it's still very clear to you. Um, it, but I'm just really trying. I just really is my, in my heart to communicate that God is love. And when he created creation created us and designed us to have a relationship with him it came from that foundation and that basis and so god is not up there trying to play games and saying oh go oh 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 like like that like the the commercial with the with the guy with the dollar bill oh you're gonna be quicker than that like no god is not over here playing with us and just trying to trying to to, to make it that difficult and hard god has made it overwhelmingly obvious that he's existed and there's a dynamic that is in play when it comes to us resisting and rebelling and even having imaginations in our hearts to the point where we resist God in that way. So there are literally religions that exist because of the rebellion that is in us. And I know that's very sobering to us because we, we think that it's just human discovery. We think it's just humans instantly or innocently trying to figure things out. But there is an element there consistent within humanity and it comes from Adam of that rebellion of that, rebe that rebellion in response to God revealing himself and that always exists and so we always have to keep that into account and I pray and hope that this encourages you in your witnessing to other people please witness with love and speech with grace I, I say this because myself, I've had moments where I was not speaking with grace. I had moments where I was rude. 
I had moments where I was sarcastic. I had moments where I was frustrated with atheists, talking to them, felt their rudeness, felt that things were unfair. And I lashed out in, in, in ways and in passive aggressiveness, lashed out with shade and lashed out with all these different types of things. And so I really encourage you to, to think about how you engage with the existence of God and when it comes to um, the proof of God's existence and being able to talk about God to other people and, and things of that nature. Because if you have the right motive and you have the right understanding of what it means to, to talk about God to people that don't believe, then you're able to engage with peace in your heart, but with boldness too. You're able to engage in a way that that doesn't that doesn't get you frustrated. I'm learning, even with myself, I'm getting less and less to that place because I, I understand. I understand what it means to to be in that place where where you you feel like you have to prove God. But then you get to the place where it's like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. I understand why people can do the things that they do. And when you understand that, you start to really see the value in, in loving on people and in, in knowing the purposes for which God reveals himself in scripture, reveals himself in nature, reveals himself in his power, uh, reveals himself in community. Like there's, there's so many ways in which God has revealed himself and he's designed for us to get to know who he is and we just have to know that as believers we have to know his intent and his purposes because his intent and his purpose is not to to play hard to get that's not it and so once we know that we can be at a proper place for which we talk about the gospel and share the gospel with those that are in need of the gospel as much as we are in need of the gospel i pray that this blesses you uh, i continue to encourage you to change the way that you think as he's changed your life and to celebrate the process of thought and how god's hand has been in it uh if you haven't followed me if you're listening on spotify or anywhere and you haven't followed me on, on any of the outlets that i have on social media please follow me on twitter at underscore to redemption follow me on instagram and facebook at thoughts of redemption follow me on the blog thoughtsofredemption.com subscribe to the mailing list and please keep up with me on the email thoughtsofredemption at gmail.com you can email me anything and i am so blessed and, and, and uh happy to, to do these podcasts and i'm so grateful that i constantly have things to talk about and if i don't i'll be real and, and not just do one but i'm just grateful that there's so much to talk about and once again Continue to enjoy the process of thought and God's hand in it and continue to surrender your life to the Lord and live for him and love him and love life. Enjoy life. God bless y'all.